The reading today is from John chapter 10. Starting verse 11, 1 to 21. Sorry. Of course. I tell you the truth, a man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listens to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come, whoever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Or at these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, He is a demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? That's the word of the Lord. So who is our shepherd? Well, there's a short answer, very simple. If you don't recognize his voice, that is the Bible, then he's not your shepherd. If you do recognize his voice, the Bible, then you already know who your shepherd is. That's how simple that is. When we speak of recognizing his voice, the words in the Bible, then it refers to the understanding of what it is that you read. Anyone who is not called by the Father will also not have his Holy Spirit in him and therefore is totally unable to decipher 
and a truth that is revealed to them in the Bible. But let us pray, let us look deeper into this text that we have before us that we may understand it. Our loving Father, we come to you to ask that you will indeed guide us carefully through this passage and open this truth to us. Even if we know it, it is a matter of strengthening it, that our faith will grow, that we will be stronger in the way we live and live out our lives and the purpose for which you called us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in this passage, we're going to be looking at two, maybe even three different type of sheep pens. It says in the Bible here, I tell you the truth, a man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them all out his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But I will never follow a stranger. Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. Question is, with this particular pen, how can Jesus both enter that pen by the gate and also be the gate? How does that work? It took a bit of reading, however, and to find out what actually was life like in the days of Jesus in Israel, in the time all of these things took place. In other words, we had to work out what was the context in which he was talking about it, because he was saying things to the people of Israel, and they would have, to a partial point, understood what he was saying, yet some didn't. But they had in those days, they had two types of pens. We also have people today that argue over what those pens might be, what they stand for. Some will tell you that those pens are the church. Others will tell you it's heaven. But it doesn't really fit the theology that we have here. It doesn't teach what Jesus is saying. The pen Jesus speaks of where he is the gate refers to pens, sheep pens that are out in the, in the wilderness simply made out of rocks and other bits and pieces in a small entrance. And in that small entrance is where he will place himself as a shepherd. He will lie down and guard the sheep. And he will stop the sheep from leaving. But also he will, by lying there, blocking the entrance, he will stop something or someone else entering. Indeed, he would put himself in harm's way to save his sheep. As it says in verse 9, I am the gate and whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. This of course also fits in with what we know from Jesus telling us in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the gate. A good shepherd in such situation must also be willing to lay down his life for his sheep. He will stand guard. So again, clearly pointing can only point to Jesus. He's the only shepherd that would do that. And the Bible in other places speak often of Jesus being the shepherd. We have it in Isaiah 40, 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. 
He gathers his lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. He is a good shepherd. The passage also in Mark speaks of the problem if the shepherd should be killed. You will fall away for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. See, Jesus was crucified and the disciples scattered at that time. Jesus is clearly the shepherd, the good shepherd. And we can thank God that he is still alive. And he will indeed be the gate and he will come back. And he is the way. He is the truth and the life. The other type of pen that we speak about here was built near the towns and much, much bigger and a robust structure. It would have been much bigger, would have had a fence and would have a guard on the gate. These types of pen were used uh, by a lot of the shepherds for at night time if the wilderness was indeed too dangerous because there was too many dangers out there. So in the morning, the shepherd would arrive and call his own sheep by name and the sheep would recognize his voice and they would come out. But only the ones he called by name. This picture then does it make it possible to call such pen neither church nor heaven. Obviously, not all the sheep in that pen are his. But who then is this watchman that will let them in and out? Well, we can safely assume in this context, if you think of that, that this is the nation of Israel, this pen. It is God the Father that is a watchman. And the whole world is his. In this case, Israel. Believing sheep and non-believing sheep, all in there. Psalm 24 confirms this doctrine. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It belongs to God. This also brings us to the understanding that this big pen is obviously, in this context, Israel. But it might as well have been the world. But a good shepherd will only call the sheep he knows by name, being obviously the sheep with the names, with their names in the book of life. And we know that. Such teaching should be incredibly comforting. Comforting that Jesus, the Savior, the Good Shepherd, knows each one of you by name. In verse 8, all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Jesus is taking another swipe at the Pharisees here, saying that those who came before him had led the sheep away from the Lord. They were false teachers and had effectively stolen Israel from the Father. Remember, we are still in the Old Testament here. So when Jesus says, but the sheep did not listen to them, he also referring to his own disciples that did listen to him, to the few that God the Father had given him at this point, those that he was to lay down his life for a little later. In verse 9, I'm the gate and whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. Jesus is drawing here a clear distinction between himself and the Pharisees. 
None of the Pharisees would ever even dream of laying down their lives for anyone. In verse 12, it says, The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. With Jesus, it's different. Very different. I am the good shepherd, he says in verse 14. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. The world of Jesus is nothing like the rest of the world. The world of Jesus is one of peace, of love and harmony. The world is full of deceit, hate and disharmony. We know from having studied the Bible that nearly all of what Jesus is teaching us always is in the main for the benefit of his disciples. As he walks with them, he trains those 12 up. That those that are becoming his apostles, 11 of them, but in this matter, at this scenario, it's also for the benefit of this young man, the young man that he just recently has given sight. As we found last week, he would have been worried about having been excommunicated from the temple. But this, this teaching should have given this young man at least some peace and comfort, knowing that he is a sheep belonging to the good shepherd. And from there we then move in this passage, we're moving into a future with Jesus. Just recall what verse 14 just told us. I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Now Jesus speaks of other pens as well. He says in verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. 1 Timothy 2.5 is all about this. He says, For there is one God, one mediator between man and God and mankind. It is the man Jesus Christ. Those other pens that he speaks of is future. It is the pens that we belong to. It is pens that will be called when the gospel goes out, when Paul and the apostles goes out and shares the gospel and brings people in. That is the strange pens that he speaks of. Let me backtrack again. When Jesus tells you, I know my sheep and my sheep know me, don't also miss the point that Jesus knows you by name, which is really comforting. But make sure you also understand that he knows everything about you. All Jesus does in his life and ministry is on behalf of God's elect. Whatever he does, it's for you. Even though none of us deserve any of it, and still Jesus died for you and I. And he did this because God loves him, and because he loves the Father, and he loves what the Father has given him. That is you and me. The reason my Father loves me is I lay down my life, I only take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. He's not forced. Jesus goes to the cross, takes the punishment 
dies for us, totally willing, on his own behalf, because he does it because he loves the Father. The relationship of God and the Son rests in the obedience and love that they have for each other. And for us, that is indeed worth reflecting on, how all that works. What truly is my relationship with the Father and with Jesus? It is something we should talk about every day. What is your relationship like with God and with Jesus? Can you with all honesty stand before the cross and say that you are loving him with all your heart, with all of your life? And are you indeed obedient to his commands? I also know we're not like Jesus. I know that he is God and it could be an unfair comparison to even work that way. But it is, after all, what sanctification is all about, is it not? This period of your life is the time you persevere and purify your own life in light of what you know about Jesus and what he had to do for you. It's the purpose of being called. The future apostles needed to hear this. The young man that had just gained sight needed to understand and hear this again and again. And as we know last week, he was asked a question, do you believe in the Son of Man? It's a question to be placed on you all. You and I need to reflect and ponder this deep in our hearts. Each and every day we wake up knowing full well that he called us for his purpose, not for ours. I read somewhere that there's two days that are important to you. The day you were born pretty important but more importantly was the day you found out why you were born well that's the question what is the purpose of your life and more importantly maybe is a question when you found that purpose are you living it out other than Judas The disciples hear this and it is planting a seed of service in their hearts. But there were others there that also heard the words but didn't understand. Verse 19, at these words the Jews were again divided. Many of them said he's a demon possessed and a raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? That's the same conclusion that the young man arrived at. He only knew the man was a prophet that had opened his eyes and he knew that he had to be a man of God otherwise he could never, ever have done what he did. There is so much turmoil in that big sheep pen and there always will be right up until the last day where the Lord returns. Maybe the most striking example of a sheep recognizing his shepherd's voice is that of Lazarus. In the t- Lazarus is dead, been dead for four days, is in the tomb. But when Jesus calls his name, he responds and comes out. He recognized the voice of the shepherd. 
See, we have nothing to fear in life. We are in his hands. And we have nothing to fear in death either. Because he will call us and we will hear him. We will never ever miss his voice. We will hear it. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 4.16 tells us, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of the archangel with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. What wonderful words. Assurance that we're not going to miss the call, are we? That was the truth then. And it is the truth now. It will be forever. It is never about what you and I want or what we desire or what we decided with our lives. This and everything we learn from his word is about God and about Jesus. It's about what they set out for us. They set the task, the work for us. They called us for a purpose. And also Paul was as kind to record this, that Jesus taught him. In Romans he wrote, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. We are destined, predestined to be glorified. So the question was when we started, have you recognized his voice? Do you know who your shepherd is? Believe me when I tell you that that question is not rhetorical. Loving, it's true. All I can say here is may our loving Lord and Savior guide you all your days to live a life that reflects your understanding, your recognition of his voice, and always give him glory in whatever you do, in how you live, live out the purpose that you've been given. We know that these pens represent Israel, it represents the world, but it also represents the pen that we belong to. That is the one church, the one God, and we need, we need to serve him. Let us pray. Our gracious and loving Father, we come to you to thank you for these words. We thank you for the teaching. We thank you for the fact that you have placed your Holy Spirit in us that we may even understand it. That we recognize those words as your truth. That we recognize your voice, Lord. Recognize you as our shepherd, our redeemer. Be with us, guide us, strengthen us, we ask every day of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our last song today is In Christ Alone.